Begin Podfix Network transmission in three, two, one. This is Bewilderbeasts, an infotainment show dedicated to inspiring curiosity for all ages by investigating the ways animals intersect at humanity. I am not a historian, an ethologist, a researcher, a scientist, a zoologist, a trained audio engineer, or an expert in, well, anything. Y'all, I'm lucky if I can remember to put my clean laundry in the dryer before it gets funky. And while I make every effort to present things as accurately as I can with a fun flair, I'm going to mess up. And that's okay. I hope I've given you a nice place to jump off from on your own adventures into curiosity, or at the very least, I've given you the key to win your next round of trivia. Hello and welcome to Bewilderbeasts. I'm your host, Melissa McHugh-McGrath, and today on Bewilderbeasts, we are going to talk about some other animals and their inspiration with holidays, but not Christmas specifically. We're going to talk about kangaroos helping out St. Nick, we're going to talk about Animal Crossing in Ramadan, and a midnight mass based on roosters. All right, let's go. everybody. Welcome back to Bewilderbeasts. I'm still recording in the tiniest podcast studio outside of Boston, Massachusetts, and my daughter's on the other side of my bedroom door doing her third grade school work. So you might hear some uh, kids on Zoom doing some math exercises or doing some social studies. Um, that's just part of pandemic life right now. And I'm sure some of you guys can really relate to this. Um, but I did want to talk a little bit about last week's episode. Last week, we had talked specifically about Christmas songs and some of the animals that tie into holidays, like reindeer and the all those birds, all the birds from the 12 days of Christmas. And we had a lot of fun with that. But it's important to note that your holidays might not be the same as holidays that are celebrated around the world or even within your community. And one thing that I wanted to do with Bewilderbeast is talk about the things that I didn't know about and had to look up. So you aren't the only curious folks. I am too. And that's why this podcast exists. This podcast gives me an outlet to do that, a manner in which I can examine the world around me through the lens and with the excuse of animals. But it's also a great way to look at things from perspectives that I didn't have before. And that's what today's episode is going to be all about. For example, I grew up in rural Maine, and we've talked about this before on the podcast, right? So specifically the Iditarod episode when we were talking about Balto and Togo in the race to save Nome, Alaska. See, I had a dog sled team growing up as a kid in Maine, and it was decades before I realized, wait, not everyone has a team of dogs in their backyard? See, when we are small, we might not put it together that our experience might be different or unusual, and that different people have different perspectives and experiences too. And that's one of the cool things as an adult. You can meet so many different people and see things from many different places and different perspectives. And that's what today's episode theme, if you will, is going to be all about. So when I made the episode on reindeer and the 12 days of Christmas, it hit me that there is a blind spot in this podcast. Looking at the holiday season through only the prism that I was given as a kid, a white girl from rural Maine, just 
talking about reindeer and all those dang birds, which was honestly super fun for me, and I hope you enjoyed it. But this podcast is intended always as a learning experience, not just for you, but for me too. And it got me thinking about all those other holidays, all those other experiences other people have, either as the world winds down for winter in the Northern Hemisphere or keeps warming up in the Southern Hemisphere. It's summer in Australia right now. So we're going to talk about what Christmas looks like down there. We're going to talk about how other people have already figured out how to do big communal events safely in lockdown and how animals are used in holiday celebrations and religions that aren't maybe the ones you're used to seeing and the ones that aren't the most represented in the coming weeks on your Hallmark Channel surfing. So if you are ready, let's talk about perspectives today and see how the video game Animal Crossing is changing Ramadan in the time of COVID and what roosters have to do with Philippine Christmas Eve. But first, let's go down under. Y'all, I went on a journey for this story, and you are about to go on it with me, because 2020 and because the internet. There is this once-beloved Christmas song in Australia titled Six White Boomers, which naturally millennials on the internet would meme the heck out of this, with Santa's sleigh being pulled by six septuagenarians who yell at clouds and blame the housing crisis on eating too many avocados, or maybe saying things like, when I was your age, or sheesh, it's just a compliment. But it turns out that this song isn't a song about the generation born after the war and before Gen X. It was written as a light romp where Santa on his journey around the world saves a baby kangaroo and helps him find his mom. Santa also gives the reindeer a little rest in Australia, changes out of his Nordic attire and long underwear and into something more appropriate for the warmer climate. He then hops into his outback sled, a sleigh that uses six white kangaroos or boomers. Get it? And for perspective, while a significant portion of the United States is depicted with snow during the holiday season, places like southern Arizona, Hawaii, and weirdly Boston in recent years haven't had snow. Some places have palm trees and desert, no snow in sight. Some places have warming climates or coastal rain. I remember Christmas in Maine. Maine, where I grew up with a dog sled team and we didn't have snow on Christmas. That was unfortunately the year that I gave my five-year-old nephew a sled, so that gift was a swing and a miss. But in Australia, as they are in the Southern Hemisphere, it's summer on Christmas Day. Red and green flip-flops, people dressed in Santa-themed bikinis on the beach, holiday lights around sombrella stands, Mrs. Claus needs sunscreen, the elves need aloe. I mean... It has to be hard to listen to Jingle All the Way and Frosty the Snowman if the temperature is 98 degrees Fahrenheit and ice cream melts in two minutes. The chorus of six white boomers really brings it home that maybe our perspective as people who have the experience of winter as the norm might not be the only perspective and experience out there. Here's a little bit from the song. Six white boomers, snow white boomers, racing Santa Claus through the blazing sun. Six white boomers, snow white boomers, on his Australian run. I was so excited to hear that this song existed. The image of half a dozen snow white kangaroos bouncing Santa all the way from the opera house, all the way past all those little wombats in the land, and... Here's where the sharp left turn of the research came in. Before you listen to the song, the writer of... 
six white boomers, was arrested in 2013, and it turned out he was a pretty terrible guy. So bad, in fact, that this wholesome song has been completely banned in childcare centers in Queensland, South Australia, and Victoria. The internet was weirdly divided. Lots of people were uncomfortable supporting the song after his arrest and conviction because he was proven to be a bad, bad guy. I think it would be much better to make your own songs about these animals. Like maybe animals that Santa sees on his journey or have you guys draw animals and send them into the podcast. If you want, I'll post them on Instagram or social media pages, other animals that might be pulling Santa's sled or might be helping him out. I think that would be really fun. I want to see these different perspectives. Write your own stories or come up with some clever ideas over dinner with your families. You can take this idea and run with it because this guy's ideas were good but he was deeply problematic. But some people thought it was just a song and that it should just keep playing, even if it hurt the people who were hurt by him to hear his song on the radio. One quote I found from a newspaper, I have two kids. Christmas wouldn't be the same without six white boomers. And as an American Oregon Trail millennial, lots of things wouldn't be the same without six white boomers. And honestly... I'm fine with that. The songwriter denied the charges despite evidence, to which unsurprised millennials around the world roll their eyes and with a deep, exasperated sigh say, Okay, Boomer. My daughter has some friends who celebrate Ramadan in our community, and one year we even had the distinct pleasure of being invited to the delicious, delicious breaking of the fast. So what is Ramadan? Ramadan is a month-long period for observing Muslims when they fast or don't eat or drink from sunrise to sundown. It's a way many Muslims feel that they can devote themselves to Allah, or God, and become one with their faith. Many religions incorporate fasting, like Yom Kippur in the Jewish calendar, Ash Wednesday and Good Friday for observant Catholics, and more. But Ramadan is a month of fasting. And as my friends who are observing this, when Ramadan falls on shorter days, like in the late fall, it's a bit easier than it is to have a long fast day after day during the long days where there are more hours of sunlight, like in the summer. So there are more hours of not eating or drinking. And why is that? I mean, Christmas always falls on December 25th, so we know that it's the last week of December. But Ramadan is different. Ramadan falls on the ninth month of the Islamic calendar, which is a lunar calendar, or a calendar that follows the path of the moon. And this means the lunar calendar is about 354 days every year, which is 10 days off of the calendar that many of you might be used to. Lunar calendars change in relationship to the calendars you likely have in your home tacked to a wall. This means that the fasting stretch starts at a different time or even season every year as it's not on a set day or month like February, which is the solar or sun calendar at 364 days. But Ramadan isn't just missing lunch or getting up early to have a healthy breakfast before the sun peaks up when the rooster crows. It's not just about breaking individual days fasts with family at the end of each day for a whole month, but instead the larger community comes together. Large groups of people might meet at mosques to share food, hang out, and talk. 
and this year, 2020, Ramadan fell in April, which for a time of year that is based on community, love, giving, charity, and kindness to others could not have fallen at a worse time in 2020. That is after the COVID-19 lockdowns had started, meaning no one had even adjusted to what life would be like without going outside. People couldn't leave their homes, share food, see friends, commune with family. They couldn't help the community in more traditional, tangible, hands-on ways that are much easier to do when we weren't in the middle of a pandemic. So let's meet Rami Ismail. He decided to use the tools in front of him that were available to make this better. Specifically, Animal Crossing, Nintendo Switch. See, Animal Crossing is a game where you can create a little avatar that is dropped on an empty island with a troop of raccoons. Why raccoons? Well, I think that's the wrong question. Why not raccoons? I love those little trash pandas. But apparently it's not ever explained. But there is a boss raccoon who apparently arranged your travel and lack of accommodations on this empty island. Your mission is to make your island into your own personal home. And the raccoons pay you while you plunder goods and make things. If you want to go visit a friend, you go to Dodo Express Airlines, where Dodo birds fly you as an airplane to your friend's islands if you are playing over the internet. Animals wander around. Life is grand. Now, Rami noticed something that is clearly worthy of note, that Christianity and Christian-type celebrations tend to be a part of the world-building in some games like Animal Crossing. One example that was given in the articles was Bunny Day. This is an Easter-like experience where characters hunt for eggs. But experiences like that connected to Islam are absent. Representation matters. That might be something that you hear a lot in conversation and global discussions. For women, it's seeing the first vice president as a woman or the first woman in space. For black Americans, it might be seeing President Barack Obama. For LGBTQ kids, watching the character of David on That Creek Show. Have a healthy relationship that was true and not a stereotype of a gay relationship that was life-changing for people who saw themselves in him. That it wasn't the butt of a joke or it wasn't making fun of him, but a real tangible experience. And that kind of representation is important in books, in movies, in cartoons, in video games. Well, the thing that made Animal Crossing such a breakout hit, especially in the pandemic because it dropped just as many states were going into lockdown, was that it's a community-based game. You make your own island, invite your friends to come over and visit in-game, converse, hang out as virtual selves. People got really creative. They had weddings on their islands so friends and family could join. People stationed across the world from their partners found way to meet in-game. Others found ways to create touching memorials for those who had died from COVID-19 when funerals were not allowed to be held because of the spread of the disease. And for Muslims at Ramadan, this was a way for people to meet, to sit at a symbolic table and to build their faith. So Rami Ismail, who happens to be a game developer, decided that he would bring Ramadan to Animal Crossing and to bring his friends and family together via this game. Two birds, one stone. It's not quite the same as his typical experience, which even Rami says his typical experience for Ramadan is unusual for a lot of Muslims. He travels the world for his job. He might be in an unfamiliar city, so he would either visit friends in other countries, eat in unusual restaurants after sundown, or my favorite part of reading about the Ramadan experience is the intentionality of it all. 
having to wake up before sunrise to eat, and Rami would seek out the Muslim-owned pizza shops in the areas that he had never been before just so he could commune and eat before dawn with other Muslims. That is such a great way to build faith and to meet other people. So in this game, Rami set a long table, had food, and people would virtually fly into his island. They would talk about the food they were eating in real life, while their avatars on screen would just likely stare at the food they purchased. Because here's the weird thing about the game. You can only eat a couple of things, like fruit. But the big meals that you can purchase in-game, you can't eat it. You just look at it, I guess. Which, weird. I want food-eating representation in Animal Crossing where I can pork out on an extra-thick broccoli and onion calzone. It's not the same. For sure. But having something to look forward to, even if it's just playing a game with total and complete strangers, talking about the food you're eating or how the fast is going or your avatar's choice in stare at it food or your favorite animals in the game, it's a small way to make connections, to stay tethered to humanity during a global pandemic, which might extend into the next Ramadan as we are heading into Christmas and New Year with people still needing to exercise caution and to stay safe. But more than that, I think Rami did something even more important. Muslim experiences aren't even considered across the gaming industry. Specifically in Animal Crossing, St. Patrick's Day, Valentine's Day, quote, Bunny Day, Halloween, and more are celebrated, but not Ramadan and other religious experiences. A month-long important time for a quarter of the Earth's population— I hope he was able to break a little of that ceiling of glass in other games, including Animal Crossing, but hopefully in so many others can expand their scope and include not just the Ramis as game developers, but as voices in making these larger games truly inclusive and representative and to find ways to have more people see themselves in-game. And now you can think about it, too. And while investigating this story, it is important to note that, yes, this might not be animal-specific enough, and Animal Crossing might be cheating for an animal podcast, so I thought I would dig a little deeper and put my money where my mouth is. I'm going to find out a little bit more about a religion that I don't know much about despite eating the best food I have ever eaten in my life at Aid, the two-day feast after the month-long fasting. I literally have never eaten food as good as this. The Quran, or the holy book for Muslim people, has had some really great things to say about animals. It praises kindness to animals and to consider them as living beings, that we are to care for them as we care for ourselves. There's an entire chapter in the Quran dedicated to ants. Yes, ants, like the little animals, not your parent's sister, but the six-legged creatures who clean up after picnics. Y'all know how much I love bees. The Quran points out that a single bee cannot make honey. An immense amount of teamwork and organization goes into producing this life fuel. Bees are held as an example of what humans should do. Work together. Help each other. There is no I in team or whatever it is your soccer coach said. According to the Quran, still referencing bees. And when it lands on something, it doesn't break or ruin it. Humans need each other, and we should respect the world, people, animals, and not break things. If we interact with the earth and its inhabitants, it's with care and respect. And even if it's for our benefit, we leave it in the same condition or better. Regardless of your religion or non-faith, I think it's something everyone should try to live by, don't you? 
From everything I was able to read, the Quran sees animals in many ways as partners on this journey on earth with humans. They have the right to live. Animals and people should not be exploited, tortured, harmed, psychologically abused, or treated poorly. It's our responsibility as humans to keep them safe as guardians and treat them with respect and kindness. Humans should not treat animals in any way that would, quote, violate their dignity. And that's a takeaway I think we can all get behind. Did you know there are at least 14 holidays celebrated around what many Americans would consider the holiday season? That blessed, sacred time between buying all the things on Black Friday after Thanksgiving and staying up way too late on New Year's Eve. For instance, one of my favorites that I came across is Rooster Mass. It's a holiday celebrated by many Spanish-speaking Catholics in Latin countries as well as the Philippines. Rooster Mass... I don't speak Spanish very well. I am so sorry. I'm doing my best. Misa de Gallo is often considered the midnight mass on Christmas Eve, though in some places like the Philippines, they celebrate rooster mass starting December 16th through December 24th. Some call this whole stretch Misa de Gallo or Simbangabi, yet others consider only the mass on the 24th, Christmas Eve, to be the true rooster's mass. Those who do like to have them as two separate compartments call the two weeks Misa de Aguinaldo, or Gift Mass, and Misa de Gallo, or Rooster Mass, is celebrated on the 24th. But what is it? Well, Rooster Mass is a traditional midnight mass on Christmas Eve, documented by a woman named Igaria. She watched how Catholics of Jerusalem in the 380s, that was like a super long time ago, guys. They would have a midnight vigil in Bethlehem. And from here, the followers would light torches and march to Jerusalem, poetically arriving at dawn to the Church of the Resurrection. And about 50 years after this, there was a guy named Pope Sixtus III. Yes, Sixtus III. See, it turns out the name Sixtus doesn't mean six, but instead means polished in Greek and Latin. However, in Spanish countries, Sixto is still used as a name, which shouldn't be confused with Sextus, which is the sixth, though not necessarily indicating it's the sixth born. Got it? Me neither. Anyway, 50 years after Igaria watched the six-ish mile march by torchlight from midnight to dawn, Pope Sixtus III thought about this walk and the Midnight Mass. He decided to start a new tradition— His own midnight mass, but bigger, badder, better. And since pyrotechnics and pop stars hadn't been invented yet, he had to do the best he could with the tools he had. Roosters. (coughs) It's said that at midnight, the rooster would crow at the basilica, but there is some doubt as to how it worked as ancient Romans used roosters to start the day. You know, like everyone does in every cartoon that you've ever seen. In 1587, over 1,100 years later, the head monk at the convent of San Augustin Alcamin petitioned the Pope to allow the Mass to be moved from the inside of the basilica to outdoors. The monk had suggested it because the church just couldn't hold the number of people that showed up for midnight Mass. But I really can't help but wonder if there wasn't also a component to someone deciding that they just didn't want to wrangle and confuse this rooster into thinking that it was daybreak at midnight, and then 
well, have to clean up after the rooster. Before we end today, we do have a new feature for kids and curious adults to give input. If you find Bewilderbeast's pod on Facebook, kids can use the message feature on parents' phones to record a message. I find it easier for kids and people who are sick of typing to hold the microphone button and to say what their favorite historical animals are. Animal facts, news stories, why they should be covered on the podcast instead of having parents type for them or having to feel the pressure that they might have to talk to strangers. So if anyone wants to leave a message, and I find this is especially useful for small children, it's the easiest way for everyone. However, there are lots of ways to contact me and some messages coming in on the Facebook page and email that will be covered in future episodes. So thank you so much for reaching out. You are finding some very creative and fun things that I can dig down deep on, and I am thrilled. My favorite story so far that's been sent in is a bunch of beavers having to be airlifted out of a town. So stay tuned. So thanks for joining me today on Bewilderbeasts. If there are topics you would be interested in hearing about on the podcast, know of any historical animals who change the world, animals who help humans, or wacky animals in the news, please send them in to bewilderbeastpod at gmail.com. Tweet at bewilderedpod, bewilderbeastpod on Facebook via comment, DM, or voice text, and bewilderbeasts on Instagram. I'm Melissa McHugh McGrath, author of Considerations for the City Dog, co-training director of the New England Dog Training Club, and head hedgehog at Mutt Stuff Media. Now go get curious. I got today's information from onekindplanet.org, Wikipedia on Misa de Gallo, the Daily Mail, bbc.com, Wikipedia on the Islamic calendar, thenationalnews.com, buzzfeednews.com, thenationalnews.com, washingtonpost.com, slate.com, alislam.org on animal welfare acts and the utilization limits in Islam, and a very, very special thanks to Pastors Politic on Twitter, who took the time and effort to help me find reputable resources on the internet for Muslim and Islam. Diving into religion without being part of that religion, I wanted to make sure that it was done with reverence and respect and care. So thank you so much for helping me out. Links, as always, are in the description of today's episode. Intro music is Tiptoe Out the Back by Dan Leibowitz, and interstitial music is by MK2. Don't forget to like and subscribe, review, and share with your curious friends. It is the single best way to make my heart smile over the holiday season. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to a podcast of the Podfix Network. Discover more audible gems like this at podfixnetwork.com. Make sure to catch up-to-the-minute network shenanigans by following at Podfix on Twitter, official underscore Podfix on Instagram, at Podfix Network on Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you choose to find podcasts. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved.